0: Welcome to New Life Miami. And thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. But but I believe God has taken us to a place where, where this, and I want to write this down. You've heard me say this so many times, especially um, during our, our fast. And you can write this down in your notes. It's a a place where our mind and our conscience is, is on his presence. Where our mind and his conscience is on his presence and on his word rather than our need. How many of you could say amen for that? It hurts to say that sometimes. Because how many of us could admit, man, I'm a needy person. I'm a needy person. I'm so needy. You know, if you're married, I'll go right to your spouse because you can go right to mine. And we're needy people. We're just needy people. And, and with that need comes a lot of stuff. And I believe that God wants us to take our minds off ourselves and place it into something that's even greater than our very own selves. Come On on his presence, on his word. And, and I wrote down these three words and, I, and, and, man, write them down. That we are to be awake, awake, aware and responding. Awake, aware, and responding. Can you say that with me? Wake, awake, aware, and responding. Good, I want you to remember that. That we are awake, aware, um, and responding. And what are we awake, aware, and responding to? To his word and, and to his presence. We are awake into his presence, aware of it, and we are responding in it. We are a- aware of his word and awake in it, and we are responding in it responding in his word. How many of you know that his word is, is also calling you to respond to it? it? It's to act out on it. You know, when you look at faith, faith is taking a step into the unknown. And that is a response, a response to something that has been birthed in you, that has been given to you. So, so I just encourage you guys with those three words, and I'll go back to them, awake, aware, and responding. One of our codes, if you, if you look at the banner up here, one of our codes is we set the stage, and we've been discussing that, and we've shared that so many times. And, and if you're of this house, you know that we set the stage, we set the stage, and we've mentioned that so many times. And I believe that as a leader and as a leadership, we, we saw this, and we're seeing God moving. And as we're seeing God moving in our midst, we, we decided we're going to enter a fast. And, and we entered a fast, and, and God did something special within that fast, at least in my very own life, and I believe personally for us. And then we, 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 we started doing something here in our 930 huddles. I don't know if you guys know this, but at 930, we are, we're already here, and there's already music playing, and there's already prayer happening. And what we're doing is, is we are encouraging the body to say, come and just pray. Because for some of us, we might say this, I don't know how to pray. How many of, don't raise your hand for this, but how many of you have said that before? I just don't know how to pray. And that's, that's not necessarily a bad place to be in. I, I want to encourage you rather than say shame on you if you don't know how to pray. No, I'm actually going to say come to 930 and let us teach you how to pray. But better than that, let the Holy Spirit, as you come at 930, let him teach you how to pray. We're doing things like this lately, and, and I don't know, I, I didn't even look back today at all. I didn't feel in my heart to even look back once today. But during 930 huddle, I, I, I was so blessed to get on my knees, and I loved that my son got right on top of me, and I was able just to, to lay hands on him and worship and pray in the spirit with him on top of me. That was so special. And I said, I'd rather take that. Like, that was, I could have said amen and gone home because that was church for me, where me, the moment that me and my son had right here during, during the 930 huddle, and he was so calm. I felt like the spirit fell on him. He, he's at a place lately that he needs the Holy Spirit just to fall on him. Yeah. <laughs> like, or a double portion of his life. Lord. <laughs> but, um, but what we've been doing here is we've been encouraging the, us. We've been encouraging, like, walk around. Some of you guys are, are sitting in a chair. I, I didn't look back today, so I can't tell you that someone did it today. I encourage the church to do it. But some of you guys, I said this last week, I think are sitting in a chair that someone literally stood over and prayed over that chair. I don't know. I want to be part of a church like that. Amen. I don't want to be part of a church that we give you a water, too, but that just gives you a water and a pat on the back, but pat on the back. But also that when you sit down, oh, by the way, your chair got prayed over today. And that's a special thing because we believe in the power of prayer here. Amen? Amen. Um, we believe in that. We heard testimony today of the power of prayer and I believe that, that some of those prayers at 9.30 is the breakthrough that you release maybe an hour later is because of the showers of prayer that were given for you at 9.30. What are you talking about? Just come to 9.30 if you want, if you feel like God is calling you for more. If you feel like God is calling you for more, this is where we're at right now as a house. And, and today was special. We had a nice group here of people that are seeking more of God. And we want to set the stage for you. That's what we mean by that. We're, we're setting the stage for you to, uh, to go deeper to go deeper in our gatherings and start seeking him way before 10 o'clock even starts. That when 10 o'clock starts, you're like, oh, man, I'm so heavy, I can't stretch out my hands. That when by 10 o'clock comes, I mean, it's already running over because of what's happened here already way before at 930. Amen? So we're really seeking the Lord, and I encourage you to seek him in such a way. Be free in prayer and worship um, that as we are gathering, even from earlier, we are, offering, we are offering up a wave. I like that word. I wrote that word down. A wave of thanksgiving. A wave of gratitude to our Father. Praise God. I feel like I'm talking to myself. Everyone say awake. Aware. 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 Responding. Responding. That's good. That we are awake, aware, and responding. That's kind of where I want to push you as pastor. That's kind of where I want to get you to. I I want this place to be dynamic. um, Not because of what we offer, but because of what we host. Mm. I I don't want us to say, we are a church that gives you this, 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 and that. No, come to my church. We are a church that when you gather in there, there is no question about it that the presence of God is ripping through hearts. That's what we want here. Okay, so what we did was we put a hold on all the, this is what we're going to offer you, and we're going to say, what are you going to offer him now? So, so we're taking a shift here, and this is so good. Awake, that we are aware, and that we are responding. Whether it's the Logos word of God, whether it's the Logos word of God, that's, that's, that's another definition of the word in the word of God, Logos, which is the inspired word of God, the Logos which is the doctrine, which is our theology, which is our foundation, which is all of his teachings. That's the Logos word of God, right? The inerrant, the infallible word of God that we live in and by, the Logos word of God, or whether it's the Rhema word of God, which is the utterance, the spoken word that is to you, that is, that is lined up as well with the word of God. It does not go contrary with God's word, which is given to you specifically or, 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 or personally, or, if, or it's even given to us collectively. And, and, and how many of you know that, like, like I know I said this two weeks ago, and forgive me for being so rep- repetitive, but I like to use examples so you can know what I'm talking about. The, the rhema word of God, for example, when, when Rima happened in our lives, when, remember when I dedicated my daughter, I said that two weeks ago, and Pastor Tom, who's a bishop in our fellowship, came up here, and him and his wife prophesied over my uh, daughter, I took that okay as the Rima word of God, meaning that that is not written in God's word. It in God's word, it does not say, and um, this Figueroa family is going to have a daughter named Jade, and I'm going to call her to be like a Deborah. Like that's not written in the logos word of God, but there was a word that was inspired through the Spirit through the man of God, and he spoke it on the altar, and I took that, and so today I'm praying for my daughter to be Deborah Amen. to a nation, Amen. That's what I mean by that. That was an utterance that was given, and I said what? I'm awake to what he just said. I'm aware to what he just said. And guess what I'm doing now as dad? I'm responding to what he just said. Same thing with my son, Jackson Legend, legacy of God's grace and favor. I'm awake, I'm aware, and I'm responding. And that's what I mean by the two differences of word, all the same word when it's in a package, but yet it comes in those forms um, you see in the Old Testament, right, when there was, when there was no widespread revelation and all that and, and God would speak at times in between with the prophets. There's just a lot of stuff that goes into that. But that's not my message right now. But my whole thing is this, that we would be sensitive, sensitive to what the Lord is speaking to us as a family, Speaking to us personally and speaking to us what we would call collectively. Right now we're here together, we're gathered, and the Lord is going to speak to us today. But, but I hope that this is not the only time that God is speaking to you. I'm hoping that some of the most powerful moments where God is speaking to you is in your own personal time with God. If not, I'm guessing that you're right about the stage of what's called burnout and you're dying and you're, you're short of breath because you feel like you can't last another day serving God. That's probably because you're not experiencing it outside of when we gather. Those moments have to become more powerful than these moments. If not, if you're waiting for once a week, I don't know how you do it. You're running on fumes till eventually you miss one Sunday, and then, you, then your car just goes tuck-tuck, and it dies out. So what I'm trying to tell you is, is that's got to be thick in your life. That's got to be powerful in your life. Are you guys with me? Yeah. I'm going to speak to you today, and I mean it. And that's why I'm down here today, because it's from a heart-to-heart conversation. Okay, That we would recognize what he's speaking and where he's drawing us, where he's taking us, where his word is drawing and taking us. Being aware of it and responding to it. I think you're going to understand this more today and you're going to stand it more next week as we celebrate our 10 years and going forward. That we would take his word, the written word that is alive and that is powerful today. Listen to this, that penetrates and pierces the deepest parts of your being to bring to life the best you possible. I don't want to knock on anything or anyone, but but the best you possible. The best you possible found in the piercing of God's move in your life. The the best you possible is found in, in God's penetration deep in your life. I believe this, that the best me and the best you comes from the greatest pierce, from the greatest penetration to the core of who I am, of who we are, to bring to life that which has never been. Did anyone catch that? I need God to pierce my life consistently because that is where my identity is found and the best me is lifted up. Other than that, trust me, I've read so many books and now one book has done a drip for me. Why? Because it took me to come to a place where i recognize who the person of the words of that book is. You with me? Because then what happens is for my life, it became knowledge without relationship it became knowledge to me without experience, but now I could walk around, around my neighborhood walking my daughter, and I'm talking in the spirit, and if there is an old lady walking her little poodle, she might hear me, and she might not get it, but I get it, and God gets it, something is happening within me, and it's okay, before I would think that I was a fanatic over religious, and I was crazy, and I was, was one of those nutty Christians, but now I get it, God is saying, seek me in the things that you don't even understand yet, and watch how I reveal some of myself to you, and, and all these weird things that are happening but let's get back into my thoughts but but these are this the best me comes from lord all of you piercing me to the core of who i am i'm tired of praying prayers of lord touch this part of my life no lord the way we could solve all the parts of my life is if you pierce the core of my being the best me will come up pierce the core of who i am because I recognize that as that penetration of the Holy Spirit takes place in my life, listen, this is where he causes dead to be made alive again. Hmm? Hmm? This is where he makes alive that which was once dead. And and the sleepy and the laziness now becomes what? Awake. I'm awake, I'm aware, and I'm what? Responding. I want to get to a place where my life is not like, whoa, Every time you ask me how I'm doing, my response is always like, I'm struggling, but I made it another day. No, I want that when you ask me how you're doing, I've been the best that I've ever been in my life. Actually, today, I'm in a different glory than I was yesterday. But how many of us, when I said that, said that's impossible for my life, and that's why we'll never get there? Right? How many of you want to get to a place to say, brother... How was your day today? Sister, how was your day today? Today was so much better than yesterday. How is that possible? Because I, I experienced glory yesterday, but now I went from glory to glory. That's biblical. I'm going to get to that passage in a moment. Because that's my message today, from glory to glory. I want to get from glory to glory. I don't want to come to Sunday and be so burdened because I'm dying Monday through Saturday and I'm hoping that Sunday does the miracle. Actually, that's doing church wrong. I'm so Monday through Saturday, That when Sunday comes, get ready because I'm going to blow up like a volcano because of what God is speaking throughout the week. That's what Sundays are supposed to be. When the children of, when the people of, of, of man, I feel this, is not even, when the people were in Jerusalem and God says, go to the upper room and start praying, they began to pray all in union, in one accord, in one mind, in one likeness, and the Holy Spirit fell upon them like fire, the Bible says, and they all began to speak in new tongues, and the outsiders looking in said they're whacked out, they're drunk, it's nine in the morning, Peter steps out and says, how are we drunk at nine in the morning? Nobody drinks at nine in the morning, but 120 of us came in unison, and we're tired of weakness living, but now we recognize that our power is found in the intimacy of a day-by-day life in God. And what you see when we gather is a manifestation of glory in our midst. And that's what you're hearing outside the walls. You're hearing a manifestation of a gathering of what's happening personally in your life. Amen. God, I need to... that I get my eyes off myself. And I get my eyes off of you. Like lately, I, and I love you guys, but my eyes are not like they're not even on you anymore and they're not even on me anymore and, and, and that my eyes would be on, you want to know how I could best lead this place? By my eyes being on him. By my eyes being on him. And the best way that, the best way that you could lead her and him and them and it and whatever, your company and your coworkers and your family, the best way that you're going to lead them is, is I'm, I'm, I'm looking at him. My eyes are on him. Let our motives, let our energy, let our time, let our reason for gathering be consistently set on one thing. Everyone say one thing. One thing. We're gonna to get to that again. One thing, which is actually, we're gonna learn this in about five minutes. The one thing, which is actually the only thing. Everyone say only thing. Only. This gets kind of weird. Watch this. The one thing is actually the only thing because when you hear one thing, you actually you think automatically. If you're saying one thing, there's actually two things. If you're saying one thing, there's three things. You, you, you think, because we're human, right? When I say the one thing, you actually think, oh, he must, gonna, he must be going, he's probably gonna go through a list of the most important things of your life. But how about I tell you this, there is no list to the most important thing in your life. There's actually one thing which is actually the most important thing, and when you got that thing figured out, everything revolves about the one thing, the most important thing. So I'm not going to stand up here and say, I'm going to give you a list of one through ten the most important things of your life to make your life best, and I'm going to write a book of seven points of how this is your best life. No, I'm going to tell you that if you get to the place of one thing, which is the most important thing, then everything that evolves around that will become Glorious. So what is the one thing slash only thing in my life? There's a one thing, the only thing that will not be also, the Bible says, taken away from us. So let that be it, his presence and his word be this one thing, this only thing that it won't even matter anymore. Listen to what I'm about to tell you because I mean this for myself and if you take this for yourself and you get convicted, then amen. But I mean this for me and not for any of you. I meant this for me. Watch this. Then now it doesn't even matter whether I'm used or not. It doesn't matter whether I preach or not, whether I, obviously I don't sing, but sometimes I sing up here and I don't sing up here. I've been singing a little bit more, but maybe I shouldn't. But whether I sing or not, it doesn't matter whether you or I or they say hi to you or don't say hi to you. It doesn't matter about any of those things when we gather anymore because it doesn't even matter about all those things. When is he going to tell me to do When are they going to tell me? When will I be able to, when will be my time? Our gatherings should not even be about us. And shouldn't be about us coming together to consistently receive from the Lord. I know that sounds weird. But that we get to a place where our gatherings is about us coming together to constantly offer up something pure and holy to the Lord. Hey, why are you coming to church today? Because I'm going to offer up something glorious to God. Rather, how are you coming to church today? Because I just need to receive. What do you mean you just need to receive? What happened Monday through Saturday? I want that man of God to sprinkle something on my life. And hopefully I could receive something. Well, that's wrong. Because why would you put me in such a position? I, I live so stressed out already. Why are you going to do that to me? <laughs> he just needs to pray over me. We'll pray over you, but, but have you learned how to pray for yourself? So our gatherings would be, Lord, it's consistent to offer now you something glorious, something holy, something pure. Because of what's because what's been received throughout our week. Amen? Listen, that our gathering should be a powerhouse. I, I meant that serious when I wrote it. I know it sounds corny, but I mean it. A powerhouse. An explosive time. A meeting that that is a gathering that is to release to him all that he's been pouring to us. I believe that that churches that We may consider or that people may consider or churches that are weak, if you want to call it that, weak today are not, listen to this, please don't, don't take this and run differently with it. The churches that are weak today are not because of or the lack of, listen, that the preacher is charismatic or that the preacher is, is more conservative because I don't even think it's really about the preacher. I've, I've been with some Christians that say, you know, the only thing that that church is missing another charismatic is a charismatic preacher. And you think that's the answer. And then I've been to other churches or even our church that someone has said, I like your church, but you're just way too charismatic for me. And I'm like, you think that's the problem? It's not about whether you're conservative or, or even though I am a conservative charismatic, so that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Let's take that one. Or whether he, the preacher preaches topical messages or preaches in an expository fashion. Or whether the worship is done in a hymnal or if it's done in a more modern way. Whether the church has a lot of programs or just a few programs, it maybe doesn't even have no programs. I don't think that's the problem or the lack thereof of the problem. Because when I hear things like that and I've been there and I've lived that in, in this ministry, all I hear from my own life and from people is, well, I wanna find something that fits me. I wanna find something that fits my need. I wanna find something that makes me feel comfortable. But when Jesus told the crowd, hey, bro, you want to follow me? Eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, and then you could be my disciple. Pick up your cross and follow me. That didn't sound like saying, bro, we have an amazing kids' church that your son is going to love it. <laughs> I mean, we do. <laughs> you guys get what I'm saying? Hey, hey, we have this amazing outreach program, and we're going to save the city. No, it it, it means eat of God and drink of God all the time that you can, pick up your cross daily and follow him, and we're going to get to that place wherever God is. That wasn't comfortable. I mean, if you really want to get into the text, the Bible says what? They all left him. Hundreds and hundreds of men left him. He turned around, there was only 12 left, one of them was Satan, right? So there was really 11, but 12 left. And he said, where are you guys going to go? And he's like, we're not going to go anywhere. Shoot, you speak different than all the rest. So then God spoke to my heart and said, wait a minute. Maybe we're not supposed to speak like everyone else. Maybe our call is just to speak like Jesus spoke. That's good. And um, I don't want to be comfortable. So, so I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to the next 10 years to a church that um, will not make you comfortable. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. But, but a church where God is going to grow us in that, in that stuff. All right, let's get, let's get into this stuff. The message is coming soon. This is just introduction. The church can be strong and powerful again when the greatest moments of the church is not when we gather together, but when we're not gathered together. Amen. When we're gathering with him and he's moving in us, convicting us, breaking us, molding us, loving us, loving him, loving us, loving him. Yes, listen to this, him loving us, us loving him, him loving us, us loving him. And then we gather and we put all of this fire together in one pile and we arrive to a place that is called true revival. Are you with me? that every individual is solely burning in the presence of God. And we light up all these fires and we have this massive flame of fire and then people are like, what is happening in that place? And we're like, we're all set afire because of what's happening in devotion outside of church and when we come together, there is this massive ball of fire. That, hey, you're coming next Sunday, bring your fire next Sunday, bring your fire next Sunday. And when we come together, we're not trying to spark a fire. When we enter this place, we are a fire. You know, it's not, it's, it, that, that's what I'm talking about, this greatest fire. That come, it's, not, it's not a fire, listen, that collectively, I wrote this down, that collectively says, give me, give me, give me. But, but it says this, take from me, take from me, take from me. That's the kind of fire that God is going to burn in this church. No more, give me, Lord, give me, Lord, give me, Lord. It's going to be what? Take from me, Lord, take from me, Lord, take from me, Lord. Because was right. John the Baptist was right when he said less of me and more of him. I'm going to decrease so that he could increase less of me. No more give me, but take from me. And if you're part of this family for any amount of time and you're saying this right now and you're saying, well, man, this is weird. There is nothing about this church that I really would want to see change. Then I would question your intimacy with God. I really would because I had to question my intimacy with God. And I have to recognize this because as pastor, I long for a worship more fierce than the worship that we offer. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm just trying to put weights on your bar. But we'll get there. Just start with, you know, when you start CrossFit, you start with what's that called? The PVC pipe? You do. They want to make sure that you got what right? You got your form right. But it's okay. If I just get your form right, God will put the weight when your form is right. So maybe what he's doing right now in your intimacy with him is, get intimate with me. I'm going to work on your form. And once I work on your form, then I'm going to put a plate. Because now, now your form could handle the weight. The reason why no more weight of his glory maybe falls on us, it's probably because the form has been wrong. But if we just get the form right and we put it right there, he says, now, now you've graduated from a PVC pipe to a pipe of Now you went all ridders here. You went from a a bar that was made of plastic to one that is iron now. And you went from these little five pound dumbbells, and you're moving on up to ten. And soon you'll be at fifteen. And soon you'll be walking in here. And the message has already been spoken to you. And the pastor hasn't even preached. The worship has already occurred. And the song hasn't even been sung yet. The outreach has already taken place. And the outreach hasn't even been planned yet. How did you get to that place? New life? How did you got to that place no church because i got my form right and when i got my form right he put the weight on from glory to glory i want more listen i'm going to be honest with you guys i want more glory i want to walk around and my shadows heal people i really want that so that people it's jesus But how, Rigo, if you're forming right? I can't wait, man. I long for that. And we've seen them sporadically here where where things have happened, right? Miracles, signs, and wonders, but I want them more frequent. I want the dead to rise. I want the blind to see. I want the deaf to hear. I want the lame to walk. I want us to operate in such power, deliverance of things that people have been holding for years. can make it to that place and like you come here and you get set free doesn't mean you have to stay here but man god is i can't wait to not be able to say you are loved amen and we close off service with a cute song in the background but but that we can't close on a consistent basis because there's people that are still weeping and there's people that are still crying there's people that are still singing and there's people that are still dancing in the presence of god and that is more important to them than to meet to meet the restaurant, because they made a 2 o'clock appointment or 1 o'clock appointment or a 12.30 appointment, and when is this going to end? But I don't want this to ever end, and if I have to skip two meals so that I could be in this a little bit longer, then I'm willing to skip with my family, Red Lobster, and I'm going to stay here in the presence of God. I've been craving Red Lobster lately. All right, let's get into the Word of God. And in, in, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 3.18, he says, nothing between us and God. Our face is, our face is shining with brightness of, the, of, of his face. And, and so we are transfigured much like the Messiah. Our lives, everything that I've been telling you already, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God has enters our lives and we become more like him. Amen. King James Version says it this way, New King James says, but we all with unveiled face behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord at being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Just as by the Spirit of the Lord, from glory to glory. Guys, Paul is telling the church, you are being transformed from glory to glory. From glory to glory. You're you're beholding in the mirror the glory of the Lord, and you're being transformed into that image. From glory to glory. From glory to glory. Maybe you should say that. From glory to glory. And and as I look at this into the next few weeks, I'm not trying to sell you into participating into something that may never change your life. Listen, I want to encourage you to enter into a lifestyle that will change your life and that you will never want to go back to that old lifestyle again. And that's what I want, that your life will gradually become brighter and more beautiful as God enters your life and you become more like him. I want to be more like him. I want to be more like him. But I recognize that to be more like him, there's got to be more death in me. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42, let's go back to visit this, mas- this message. And this message is one that we, we um, we've, were messing around with when we were in our fast a month ago. But listen to this. In Luke chapter 10, it says, now it happened, verse 30, I'm going to read 38 through 42 because I got some things I want to share before we go. It says, now it happened that as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the feet of Jesus. Everyone see that? You saw that? And she heard his what? She was in his presence and she was at his what? She was at his presence, feet, and she was at his word. You guys are with me? She was in presence and in word, presence and in word, presence and word. Be aware, awake, and responding. Presence and in word, presence and in word. From glory to glory, I want to be from glory to glory in presence, from glory to glory in word, right? And that's what she was at. Look at this. So Martha, the the sister, was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me, Hmm? And Jesus says to her, Martha, Martha, you are so worried and you are so troubled by so many things. You're worried, you're anxious. But one thing, here's that one thing I was talking about, the one thing, the only thing. One thing is needed and Mary has chosen that good part which will never be taken away from her. It's the feet of Jesus. You guys are are good? Because verse 39 says, she sat at Jesus' feet and she heard his word. So so let's get into this for a moment. Something new that God showed me. Here is Mary, and she's choosing something. She's choosing the feet of Jesus rather than being distracted like her sister Martha. Are you with me? Let's change those words around. We've used the words intimacy here, we use the words devotion here, we use the words presence here. Whatever you want to use, you could substitute it for that. But listen to this Here is Mary, and she's choosing something called a devoted life to God rather than a distracted life in God. Martha is in Christ, but she's distracted while in Christ. How do I know she's in Christ? Because when she came with her problem, who did she come to? So she was in Christ, but yet distracted. Mary was in Christ, but she was what? Voted. Meaning what? I have, nothing of dis- I have nothing of distraction to give you while the other sister has everything of distraction to give him. There are two different kinds of Christians in this passage. There's a Mary and there's a Martha. There's a Martha who serves Christ with much distraction, and there's a Mary who serves Christ with much devotion. Are you with me? And that's what's happening here. Mary is devoted, loses out on being distracted. Martha is distracted, loses out on being devoted. I think I said it right. And that's powerful because Mary was at his feet and she was hearing his word. She was in presence and in word. And this is what I want for this family, for this nest. I want us to push forward in this. That, that, how about this? Right? That every time we gather together in his name, we will have to make a decision. Every single one of us. What will lead me forward today in my gathering with my brothers and sisters? Why do I say that? You better believe You better believe that from the drive from there to over here, I was already being bombarded by much distractions. Are you guys with me? When you get here, we were already being bombarded by much distractions. Yes, we were. As I'm still preaching, we're being bombarded by much distractions. I know that because there have been things that didn't go through today in ministry. There are people that didn't come through today. There's things that didn't happen today we need children. we need help we need someone to fill up in the hype team we need someone from the worship team and there's always something that could distract us there's always something that did not happen correctly in what is called ministry and we could so easily get to the place what when we gather was meant to be devotion now becomes how do I get to the place of devotion when I'm mixed and I 'm wrestling with all of this distraction so what I want to do is I want to push us forward that every time we get together on midweek or on Sunday, how will we be When we gather, what's going to lead me forward? Because there's always going to be distractions. Someone didn't get served. Someone Something is not complete. Someone needs to fill in. Someone needs to work a little extra today or a little harder in the kitchen today because something was left out. But the NLT translation of this exact phrase puts it this way. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner that she was preparing. So she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I'm over there and I'm doing all the work? I'm fully distracted in the service of the Lord. But she's over there. She's fixed in your feet when she should be helping me well is that really the case see others are going to distract us because here is martha at a place where her own sister is distracted us. how many of you have been distracted by your own sister and your own brother huh when you fellowship that's normal it comes all the way from the scripture so, so it's always that. And, and for most churches, it's always the same people doing the same things and doing everything. So our eyes, listen to this, come off the purpose and why we do it, and it becomes now on the problem of self. So it becomes this, ready? I'm here doing all of this while everyone else is doing what over there? So, so now what happens to that individual called the Martha? The very heart or the worship of our offering is polluted and it's no longer pure unto God. Remember about 15 minutes ago what I said when we gathered what we should be giving up? No more give me, give me, but take. Okay. So, so it became now, we don't release now pure what is unto God. It became about us. This is what we say now. Lord, look what I'm doing rather than Lord, this is for you regardless if no one else is doing it this is for you because to be honest with you ain't no one else preaching here but this is for you this is for you however i feel this is for you each one of us is going to have to recognize that and decide that for ourselves going forward in here that not for this house and not for anyone else but for myself and for the lord Will I be so busy and so distracted that I will lose out on deeper intimacy, deeper devotion with the Lord, which Jesus tells Martha, it led her to be worried and troubled about so many things. When I focus on the things that have nothing to do with the glory of God, I become anxious and worry. But if I keep my mind on the one thing, on the most important thing, which is devotion at the feet of Jesus, then all anxiety, worry is drowned down the toilet. Why? Because I found the most important thing when we gather. What's the most important thing when we gather? It's not what whether I have a message prepared or not, and it's not whether the worship team is going to take 30 minutes or an hour. The greatest thing when we gather is are we together at the feet of Jesus? We gathered at his feet. And at his feet, I might preach a message. Amando might come up here and do a dance. He might. And that's what I mean. Like I'm gathered at his feet. Will you come into our gathering with the mindset of of, I'll find his feet, I'll hear the word he has for us and enjoy the presence he has for us today. Jesus says about Mary's position of her closeness to the feet of Jesus, look what Jesus says here, Mary has chosen that good part, the one thing that is needed and will not be taken away from her. Another translation says it this way, I love this, there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Listen, Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. She's what? She's what? She discovered it. And maybe that's it. I promise you, I feel like today I'm going to set maybe the whole room free. And I think God showed it to me. Maybe this is it. The place where Jesus wants us, the place where Jesus wants us to take us is this. Ready? It's there. It just needs to be discovered. Listen. It needs to be found. But to discover, please, this might be it. There's got to be a searching And there's got to be a deep seeking with all of our heart. I could prove that to you. Even in Jeremiah, it says it, right? In Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. So is the Lord calling you to seek deeper? How many of you, as I'm preaching this, you know deep down in your gut, the Lord is calling you to seek deeper? Man, how did this guy know he's calling me to go in so much more? I'm going into deeper waters. How many of you feel that deep inside of you? Okay, so if the Lord is calling you to go deeper, maybe deeper which confuses so many of us because I've had so many conversations with you. Like, well, how do I get there? How do I go deeper? Man, I've had so many conversations that I read this this week. Maybe it's simply defined, deeper is simply defined as this. Seeking him past the distractions. Seeking him through the distraction. The way that we as a church or we individually go deeper is, yes, I am distracted and there's distractions around me, but I'm going to get through the distraction into the place of deep intimacy with God. And when I make it there and I learn how to fight through the distraction and I make it to the Holy of Holies, that is what deeper looks like. Why? Because deeper doesn't mean God's going to take away all your distractions. Deeper means he is going to take you to a place where you learn how to fight through the distractions to get into the presence of God. That's the definition. So now I know what to answer you. How do I go deeper? Are you distracted? Yes, you'll never go deeper if you're distracted. So what do I do? Go through the distractions. And when you learn how to do that, then you're going to learn how to go deeper. Don't let distractions lead us in our gatherings. How many of you could say amen? Anymore. Let our purpose be at his feet. Amen? purposely placed at the feet of Jesus, giving you a lot of one-liners, but purposely placed at the feet of Jesus, that's what we want here, purposely placed at the feet of Jesus, discover it and Jesus says what? It will never be taken away from you. This, this is a lot, but discover it and it will never be taken away from you. So here's a great question to ask and to measure myself with, yourself with, ready? If everything that I do, I'm gonna to talk to myself for a moment. If everything that I do in the service of even this gathering of this church is taken away from me, will I walk away from this family to another kind of family and say what? I'm gonna to choose to go over there because they get to use me and my gifts better and there I'm used better My answer to that would be no. Even if I necessarily don't even preach here anymore, I'll still stay with this family. Let me tell you why. Because our answer should be no. Because I'm learning with this place in this family right here with this nest that where I need to be is at a gathering that is being called at the feet of Jesus. And that will outweigh what I could do for Jesus because of where I'm at with Jesus. So so if I tell my wife, because I do and I have. If I tell my wife, I no longer want you doing kids. She could—I mean, that's going to be weird—the pastor's wife—but she could run and find another church that she could functionally flow in doing kids, and she could get mad at me because I sat her out from kids. You guys are with me, or get to—we're going to get to a place as a family that you're not even worried about kids right now. Now, don't don't all of you say, "Well, I'm not called to be do kids anymore," I'm do, because now our kids are going to be our teachers, and that whole room is going to have walls on it. but, <laughs> but you guys know what I'm saying. And, 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 she, and she gets somebody like, no, I don't. I'm telling my wife today that she's not going to do the same on you. But here we go. But if I were to use an example like that in your life, what would your answer be? Learning to be purposely placed there. Discovering what we've been searching that will ultimately fulfill us. That That's the one thing that will never be taken away from us because it's the most important thing for me and for us as a church. What is the most important thing? The feet of Jesus. Discovering the place where we are now all Gathering. Listen to this. Where all of our needs are being met, where all void is being filled, where the petty and insignificant things, my God, is that so much in church? Where the petty and insignificant things are no longer a thought. Where distractions are not named ministries, but where all ministry pauses to find the greatest ministry that we can serve in. What is the greatest ministry as a church that we have? The feet of Jesus. What do you do on Monday? The feet of Jesus. What do you offer on Tuesdays for the church? The feet of Jesus. What do you offer on Wednesday for our church? The feet of Jesus. What do you have going on in your church on Thursday? The feet of Jesus. What do you have on Friday? The feet of Jesus. Where do you guys gather at your very own house? The feet of Jesus. That's it. That's it. And then we'll do everything else later. When, we've got, when we light on fire, then we'll worry about all those things. But let's worry about the most important thing first. Are you there? That's discovering the feet of Jesus. That's our gatherings. It's, it's being seated there at the place which will never be taken away from us. Listen, I'm almost, this, this is good. Story after story, people's lives are being transformed all throughout the Bible By Jesus, they're being transformed, being transformed. And continually, we continually find one thing in common. Each person is found at the feet of Jesus. Here's one example. I can't give you all of them. I will be here for hours. Matthew chapter 15, verse 30 says, And large crowds came to Jesus, bringing with them those who were lame, those who were crippled, those who were blind, those who were mute, and many others, and they laid them down at the feet of Jesus, and he healed them. All at the feet of Jesus. There's so many stories like that, like Mary and Martha. Martha. But here is where I want to get into. I want to get into Luke chapter 17. I'm going to read through this. And go with me from verse 11 to 19. I shared this at my son's Thanksgiving breakfast, and I want to share with you today, because God let this sit in my heart for a moment. It says this. Now, it happened as he went into Jerusalem. He passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and he entered a certain village, and there he met 10 men who were lepers. And they stood afar off. I, oh, man, I don't even have time to teach about leprosy, but these are outcasts, okay? now Everyone say not wanted that should that should help you enough it says verse 13 and they lifted up their voices and they said jesus master have mercy on us verse 14 so when they saw them when he saw them he said go show yourselves to the priest and so it was that as they went they were all cleansed they were healed and one one of them when he saw that he was healed returned love this and with a loud voice he began to glorify god verse 16 he fell down his face guess where he fell down He fell down at the face. He fell down to this at his face at the feet of Jesus, giving him thanks. And he look at look at this. He was a Samaritan. Everyone say Samaritan. Samaritan. Everyone Everyone say Jesus was a Jew. Yeah, Jews, Samaritans, enemies. They don't have any kind of dialogue with one another. And what do we see? The very own enemy at the feet of Jesus. The very own outcast at the feet of Jesus. The very own one who is not wanted at the feet of Jesus. So watch what Jesus says, verse 17. So Jesus says, where there are not ten who were cleansed, where are the other nine? Where where there are not any found who returned to give glory except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Here's my thought on this. He found the place of thanksgiving at the feet of Jesus. He was a Samaritan, meaning he was an outcast, but no outcast. Because I believe there's someone in here today that says, I came to this church today and I feel like the biggest outcast. I feel like the biggest not wanted. Watch this. He was an outcast, not wanted, but no outcast was so or too dirty for the feet of Jesus. The feet of Jesus does not reject the outcast. The feet of Jesus accepts the outcast. Come on. The feet of Jesus is home to the outcast. Oh, you suck? Everyone hates you? You look as a leper? You look like no one really wants to gather with you? Watch this. Come to my arena. Come to my house and sit at my feet. You're welcome at the feet of Jesus. Outcast, you're welcome. No, seriously, you're welcome. And you're also welcomed at the feet of Jesus. Why? Because that's the greatest place for the outcast. I'm an outcast. And guess because of that, because of knowing that I'm an outcast, I stay at the feet of Jesus. Where now he accepts me. And I'm one of his. The feet of Jesus does not reject; It receives all. The feet of Jesus is home. Everyone say home. home. Listen to what I wrote here. It is the welcome home mat that lays on the threshold of the door that by entering through, greater things will be revealed to you. Greater revelations are found at the welcome home mat called the feet of Jesus. That's where it begins. Imagine as you work your way up to the crown of glory. So, so, so that's just where it begins, the welcome hope. And greater things will be spoken to you. Greater presence is for you. And it's the one thing that will be never be taken away from you. John 10, 29 and 30 says what? My father has given them to me and is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. I and the father are one. If you've come to the place at my feet and you are now my child, you outcast, no one will snatch you from my feet. I don't care what church out there told you that you could lose your salvation. But if you're saved and you're redeemed and you're covered in the blood of Jesus, ain't no one snatching you from there. If you really know that experience. If you really know that position, if you really know what I'm talking about deep down in there. So here is what I've been dying to tell you. Isaiah 66. Isaiah 66. And with that, Isaiah, make your way. I was dying to say that. As Isaiah makes his way, I'm going to make my way to Isaiah. Here it is. Isaiah 66 says this. Everyone say, I'm there. Hopefully you didn't lie. Lying's a sin. (laughs) Here we go. It's on the screen, so you're all there. (laughs) Isaiah 66, are you with me? Can God be speaking something so much deeper through Isaiah 66 that we've lost it? Come with me. Heaven is my throne. This is God, right? Earth is my what? Where is the house that you will build me? Where is the place of my rest? How many of you were here for the two-week rest conversations we were having? Let's keep reading. I'll go back to the beginning. For all those things my hand has made and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on the one I will look, on this one I will look, on him who is poor of a contrite heart and who trembles at my word, aware, awake, and responding. But let's get back to the beginning. Go back to a 66 verse 1. God is creator, correct? Heaven is my throne. God is creator, correct? And he created earth and all the inhabitants of earth, you and I. But look what he says about earth. Look what he says about his inhabitants. The earth is his footstool. My creation was always meant to be at my feet. That's it. I created it that way. So when I sit on my throne, I wish all of you could see me back there. And I kick my feet up. It's a reminder to the whole earth that I kick my feet on. That's where you were always meant to be. At my feet. Because the origin of your the origin of your creation was the feet of Jesus. He didn't make you on his brain. He didn't make you on his chest. He didn't put you in his hand. He, you know, this. He got the whole world in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole. World in his hands. He's got the whole world. Is that the way the song goes? In his hands, he's got the whole world. That's not true. He's got the whole world at his feet. He's got the whole world at his feet. He's got the whole world at his feet. He's got the whole wide world at his. Feet. I don't know the song. <laughs> and he's preaching to us a deeper message. I created you at my feet. Why would you do that? I know why. Because that's where I want you to be seated at always at my feet. The whole earth is there. His desire for us and all creation is to find home. Everyone say home. At the feet of Jesus, earth is my footstool. And then he says, "Where's the house that you will honor? That you will honor me with and build for me? Where's the house?" So, so what do I say to that come on what do I say to that well I need to examine the house that I'm building I am building a house right here but I'm also building a house right here so where is the house that we're building for his glory is it this house Listen, look at the next verse where is the place of my rest come on I preached that for two weeks don't let me get into that again where is the place of my sonship in you because my son is rest to you he is the Sabbath in your life so where is my house and where is Jesus in it as the whole earth is at my feet are you with me is his rest living among us and in us he wants us to discover the place church that I said earlier He's looking for a people. But who is the people he's looking for? Come on, go back to that passage. But on this one will I look. I love that David was an outcast and he was a mess. But there was one thing that will never be taken away from him. What was David's greatest thing? He was a man after God's own heart. I mean, he did some bad things. Murder, idolatry, infidelity. I mean, David did every sin in the book. But there was one thing that God saw. He still has a heart after me. He has a heart. So on this one will I look. On the Davids, look at this. On him who is poor, of a contrite spirit. On him who trembles at my word. I I want this in my life. I want to go from glory to glory. I want to be aware. I want to be awake. I want to respond. I want this glory in me. And I don't want it to be the same glory of yesterday. I want it to be a better glory. So I'm going to end again with this passage. Ready? 2 Corinthians 3. Nothing between us and God. Our faces are like shining with the brightness of His face. And we are transfigured much like Him, the Messiah. And our lives gradually become brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like Him. We all, with unveiled faces, take off the veil. We preached weeks ago here, take off your mask. Because no mask-wearing Christian will ever really understand the glory of God. So how about you just take it off right now. And behold, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Come on, church. From glory. From glory to glory. From glory to glory. From glory to glory. From glory to glory glory to glory, from glory to glory, from glory to glory, hmm. I just got a text message, just pray for him, my brother, I know you're busy right now, I am, a, we're preaching, but listen to this, but pray for my dad, he's in his last moments and he needs to rest, thank you brother, I love you, this is my buddy Raul, whose who's dad Fell and he had a stroke. His dad's not doing good. Let's pray for Raul. His dad needs to rest, and we're going to believe for that rest in Jesus. Amen. Lord, as we come before you today in this word and in this text message, I pray for Raul's father right now. He's at the end of his life, he could not recover from that trauma. His son just said he needs to rest man I cannot agree with him anymore he needs to rest in you I pray right then and there that you would do the greatest miracle you could do for that man I pray Lord God that he would find that rest in you that from his innermost being he would cry out to you and find that rest and if you take him home he would be united with that rest forevermore no more suffering and no more pain I pray that you would comfort the whole family And that they would see the glory of God made real right there before them with the outcome of the Father. I declare that over their life right now. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for this family right now. I'm not going to do an altar call right now. I'm not going to ask if anyone needs prayer. I just feel like right now, every single person in here needs to get to that place where they're just honest right now, honest with themselves, honest with you. And that starting right now, that they would make that step, take that step, make that commitment. And that they would say this, I'm going to get past the distractions. And I'm kind of, I'm going to get to the place of the feet of Jesus. Pass the distractions to the feet of Jesus. And my life will be transformed forever there, and I'm never going to want to go back to the old me. Lord, for whoever this is for, I thank you for the outcast that's sitting here today. I thank you for that outcast, because today you told that outcast, welcome home. Presence, let my presence live in you, you told the outcast. You told the outcast today that home is there at your feet. Home is there at deep intimacy with you. Home is in the presence of God. And the presence of God in us. God dwelling in us. Lord, I thank you for this family. You're you're definitely doing something special here. And I thank you because we're starting to see a bigger, greater picture. And it's better than ourselves. I no longer want to come over here and keep my eyes on each other. I want to come over here together with my brother. I want to come here together with my sister and I want to put our eyes together I want to put them on Jesus and I want to see the greatest fire light up in this warehouse that outsiders will start coming in not because of anything that we are offering them (laughs) but outsiders are coming in because of the presence that we're hosting in this place there are some already that are in this family that are here today because of that one truth the presence of God is there and we pray that more richly over this family I pray for the one that's on the PVC pipe Lord give them their form right now give them the form at least they're on the pipe the PVC pipe at least they're practicing form till they get it right Lord God let it be soon where they where they sense the graduation and the pvc pipes becomes an iron pole and then on that on that bar now that iron bar now there's a weight of glory that begins to get stacked up on it and they're pressing they're pressing not through trial and tribulation and distractions but they're pressing the glory of God in their lives how are you doing today i am I am the best I've ever been. I'm in glory. I've gone from glory to glory. Amen, you got your form. Amen, you got your bar. Amen, you got your weight. From glory to glory. From glory to glory. Make us awake. Make us aware. Cause us to respond. Change this family to the day we go to reign with you. Change this family forever. In Jesus' name. Together we say, amen. Amen. Amen.